Welcome back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and as Pastor Andrew said in the last episode, he's out of town this week. But I'm here with our guest, Pastor Anthony, to talk about this next episode. Pastor Anthony, what are we going to be talking about in this episode? Well, tonight, Landon, we're going to be talking about the parameters involved with believers actually knowing the authority that they have and to actually use that authority to subject the one who's subject to us, which is the enemy. And also, um, we're, we're going to be dealing with it in this aspect, that sometimes the end times during prophecy hour brings this, um, this fear as if we are upstream without a pedal. This message is going to put the power back into the believer's hand. And the result is going to be a more powerful believer and a believer that walks in the autonomy that they know they have. Thank you, Pastor Anthony. Let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm very glad to be here on tonight, and um, I really honor God, and I pray that you get something out of this lesson on tonight. But I want you to know this. Listen, um, I am very impressed with, uh, with our church. I, I, I really applaud how we do things here. This, this, just every exploit is wrapped in a pulchritudinous splendor, and doesn't matter what we do, we do it excellent and so I'm so proud of that but I also know this that our pastor I sort of consider him a genius how he can go in and out and and how he's been maneuvering in these classes of eschatology during this pastor's prophecy hour and and I can't do it like that because I would have taken too long. And so I believe God gave me a one-off this pastor's prophecy hour. I believe you're going to be blessed. I believe it's what's needed. I believe it's in sync with, with what he's been doing. It's going to be a caveat to a statement he's been making over and over again. And let me tell you who else I'm, I'm very impressed with. I'm impressed with Moises and just all of the leaders here. You guys are amazing. They did not pay me to say it. I mean, this is just coming out of me right now. And so I'm, I'm thankful that you're here. So let's go on a ride. All right. Because I want you to know this, that um, sometimes we get we get a little comfortable with with God. And and for the most part, even though we are in the last days, right, that there is a mindset that we should have. There's a poise. There's a stance that the believer should have. And, and sometimes what happens in the world becomes such a distraction that we forget just how powerful we are in God. And not only do some of us forget that during these times, some things have happened that we are sort of scared of the devil. I knew I wouldn't get many amens. But let me tell you what I was going to talk about before God gave me this message. I was going to talk about how Satan has a seed and, and, and his seed produced a lineage. And, and from Tubal-Cain and, and, and Nephilim and, 
And this seed would, uh, I was going to talk about how this seed would actually hide itself in legends so that people of God would worship them. And so Greek mythology would come into play, right? And so Greek mythology is the legends where demons hide so we people would worship them. And then I was going to, I was going to talk about how from Greek mythology and how Freemasonry and Greek letter organizations that these things are serving not God. Don't worry, those of you, if you may be in a Greek letter organization, I'm not talking about that tonight. But I was going to show you that and then give you some other little scary things. But this one, with the week I had, and thank you guys for praying for my mother. Uh, the condition is still the same, but let me tell you this. Here's what I'm happy about. I don't think my mom knows just how bad it is. And have you ever heard of the term ignorance can be blissful? And I'm thanking God for that because it would be even worse if the condition could actually be recognized by her. So we're praying for her, continue to pray. But let's get right into it. So who's really on the run, right? And I want to open up with this, and this is, this is really awesome. So uh, uh, the end time information should, shouldn't scare us. Who's really on the run? In Acts 19, it says this in verse 11. Now, God worked some uh, very unusual in Paul. So much so that people were healed. He was casting out demons, right? So much so, he was taking his garment and cutting it up and making prayer cloths. And they were taking them to people and they were being healed. Well, guess what? There were some itinerant exorcist uh, Jews that they wanted to do what Paul did. And so these were the sons of Sceva, and he was a chief priest. And so the sons of Sceva said, well, hey, if Paul can do it, I can do it. And they go to this demon-possessed man, and they say, I, I have to read this to you because they said, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches about. This is what they said. And then we go to that first verse that's on the top of your paper. I want to let you see what happened. The evil spirit answered and said to them, before I read that verse, he said, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who are you? And then in verse 16, it says, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Who's really on the run? You know, the one thing that really separates our house from, from, from horror movies, if your child ever growl, some of you would leave your child at the house. Do you know, I have a quorum of, of preachers and friends. I hear them say, I do not want to get the call where someone is demon possessed. So I'm not talking about lay members. I'm talking about men who pastor churches. They would rather not cast out demons. One night, it was about uh, 1.30, my nephew married this young lady that one of my nephews, I have many, I'm number 14 of 15 children, and we average at least, what, I think at least four kids apiece. My wife and I, we only have five. We're not breaking mom and dad's records. But it was about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and my nephew called me, and we told him, you know, don't marry her. 
But after he married her, we loved her. But here's the thing. He called us and my wife and I, we were in the bed and he said, auntie, because my wife answered the phone. Listen, and my my niece was growling and my wife hunched me. Right. And honey, your nephew wife is over there. Listen at this. I said, girl, we can pray on the phone. I told him, wake your wife up and we prayed for them on the phone. And the next day we dealt with it, but it wasn't growling. And and she was exemplifying some other things. But let me tell you this. This was very, this was a lot of years ago. But I want to be honest with you. Who wants to wake up out of a dead sleep and go battle with Satan? So now in the end times, let me tell you what has happened. We're charged charismatically. Right. And, and we have this mind that, hey, that God can do anything. But we've pretty much told Satan, we sort of scared of you. We, we sort of fear that moment. How many of you on your Facebook page you have in the notes that if there's a demon, call me, I'll pray. Yeah. How many of you does that make it on your business card? For your ministry. How many when you see someone exemplifying the traits of the enemy, you run to that. So this teaching is going to be a caveat to what Pastor Andrew has been saying night after night, that we shouldn't allow the end time things to make us fear. No, we shouldn't. I want to discuss who's really on the run. Hmm. Let me read verse 17. It says this right after these this man, these men were whooped naked. Look at what verse 17 said. This became known both by all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Isn't it amazing that believers got whipped out of their clothes and other believers magnified Jesus? But I don't read that anybody else tried to tackle the demon. So now in church, guess what we magnify Jesus over? I sung a song and people cried. And we'll say, thank you, Jesus, for that, right? But we know we don't have power to face a demon. I got so mad uh, almost about a year ago. I've been praying for people and Finally, it was an insult because I have someone dear to me that has something wrong with them. And I prayed, but I didn't really pray. You know how you pray for yourself and God, I need you to do it, heal, but you don't want anyone to hear it because if God don't do it, you don't want it to be a reflection of your faith or how you believe God. And then one day I got so upset, like, how can I be a man of God and allow somebody I love? So I told God, you know what? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep expecting. I told the person, listen, I'm believing God for your full healing. You're going to be off of that medication. How dare you be around? Do you even get offended with people who actually have a headache and they pull out ibuprofen in front of you? That doesn't even bother the believer anymore. 
that people have a back pain and they would rather ask you if you have an Advil and you would be okay with that versus saying, why didn't you ask me to pray? You know what's hurting my feelings now? That I have some people that were around me, they had no faith in my prayer. I just, I just by happenstance heard they were going through things. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that? My wife and I, we pray, we can get a word through. Oh man, I just didn't want to bother. You know, you didn't think God could heal. Because how many of you would have a situation and know a person can get a prayer through and you wouldn't even tell them? Oh, let me work really quick because I got a lot to share with you, man. This is going to be awesome tonight. <laughs> Magnifying Jesus doesn't equate to having authority or power. This is a picture <laughs> of the end times believer. This is where we are. I talked to a young man. I said, man, you know what? Your son's hips are moving too much. I said, you know, I'm your brother and I love you. I said, but you know what? You should correct that. I lost a friend because that was too much truth. We were in private. In this assembly, I didn't call his name. You wouldn't know him. But I said, and, and, and you know what? He noticed it. So his boy goes off to college and guess who puts their crosshairs on his son? The alternative lifestyle. Now his son He's living a different life. But when he was 13, I said, that's the hips. They're too loose. Let's talk. I would, I, would, I would do this with my sons. I would teach them how to walk. Hey, just, I don't know, firm it up or something. Do something. But that, you can't do that coming out of this house. I raised two daughters, and I used to love the fact when they were tomboys because I, I, I used to pray this prayer, Lord, let my daughter be a tomboy until she graduate college, and then she just become beautiful. <laughs> I prayed against development in my daughters. I wanted them to stay washboard flat. Oh, boy. Because I didn't want to deal with what the devil would be bringing. And so guess what believers are doing now? We're trying to set our life up to not really have to spar with Satan. Because spar with, sparring with him really lets you know where you're not. Okay. All right. So we must reject the portrait that the end times suggest. Let me read through a few of these and we're going to fill in some blanks and we got to get to the meat of this. We have to reject the perception of the last days, Right. And I'm speaking from a post-pandemic point of view. Let me give you a few things. Number one, to reject the perception of the last days, you have to understand that anatomically, we're weaker physically. That our anatomy as a nation, we're weaker physically. 61% of, of adults reported experiencing Undesired weight changes since the start of the pandemic to now. More than two in five, 42% saying that they gain weight, gain more weight than they intended. 67% said they're sleeping more or less than they really wanted to. We got to reject what the end times are giving. Number two, mentally, watch this. Mentally, we are stressed more than ever. 
Ooh. You know, if this a such thing as that last nerve, it was exhausted years ago. You know, the last nerve is, is supposed to be proverbial. It's supposed to be ongoing. It's a, it's a cliche. It's saying, stop what you're doing before I backslide, right? And, you know, and, 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 and now people are making, well, I don't want to say that. Let, let me give you this. So COVID-19 pandemic triggers 25% increase in prevalence of anxiety and depression. Watch this. COVID marks the wake-up call for all countries to ramp up mental illness help. All nations. So the pandemic, the end times got us feeling like mentally we're stressed more than ever. Look at this. 18% of Americans uh, who said they lost more weight than they wanted to the average amount of weight loss was, was 26 pounds, and these people are depressed over the way they body, their body is looking. People are drinking more now, right? People are using more drugs now, in the end times, right? The sex industry is making more money now. And the enemy wants us to accept this picture, but watch this. To reject the perception of the last days, number three, socially, we're strongly connected, yet recluse. Oh, you got so many friends on Facebook and you don't know none of them. Oh, you can get a hundred likes and it'll make your day go well and you have no idea who they or them are. Th that's not proper gr grammatical construction, but you get it. More than half of U.S. adults 58% are considered lonely. Do you know what's an epidemic now in the United States? Loneliness is an epidemic among U.S. adults. Loneliness. Reject the perception of the last days. Number four, nationally, we appear to be on the brink of demise, right? It looks like at any moment... Ukraine, this thing is going to go sour. Somebody is going to push the button. And guess what? The only way you can actually feel calm about it is the fact that you don't watch CNN. And now people are actually really there are so many believers who would rather not know where we are. As far as current current events. That you should see some of your faces when Pastor Andrew is showing you these things that are happening. You're cringing like, I mean, do we really have to know that today? Do we, do we really need to talk about that? Yes, yes. But it should not shake your faith. <laughs> uh, and the last one, we must reject the perception of the last day. Spiritually, we're the minority to pagans is what it seems like. I got to give you this. Today, 63% of Americans actually describe themselves as Christians. 63%. Do you know 10 years ago, 75% of Americans did? That lets you know we're going in the wrong direction. 63 today, 75% 10 years ago. According to the Bonner Group, watch this. Let me give you this one and we're ready to move. One in three practicing Christians dropped completely out of church during the pandemic. 
that if that's if that's all it took to get you to stop, can I tell you, your life will never be absent of a problem that you can't fix. If all it takes for you to stop is to just see others quitting, you will always be put in the face of people who doubt God. Hmm. Out of all of this news, how do you reject all of this news? The way you reject it is, I want to give you this one statement. It's on there. You have to realize that all of this news, right, we don't have to believe it. And so we can accept and say that the good news is that the bad news is wrong. Oh, yeah. Even before we break some scriptures down, the good news is the bad news is wrong. I know you're saying, well, preacher, I do have cancer, but yeah, you don't have to die with it. Yeah. I know you're saying, well, well preacher, I do have a bad bag. Yeah, but you don't have to die with it. For some reason, can I tell you what, what the enemy is doing? He has allowed, watch this, he has caused some of you to prepare to pay for high blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. You've set aside money for it because I just know I'm going to have my diabetes till I die. So got to make sure I move something out my 401k because one thing I know I will be buying is high blood pressure medicine. Right. You'll come to church and we'll have altar call and you'll never ask the leader of our fearless men here, Mike Wolf. You won't even say, Mike, can you just pray, man, that God delivered me from hypertension? I, I won't offer this medicine. You won't even ask him to pray. It's as if God put leaders in front of you and you insult us every week. But let me give you an even bigger picture. Your friends that love God and you eat dinner together, guess what? They insult you too because they carry illnesses and sickness and social disorders and something's wrong with their children and they don't even tell you and you're their sanctified friend. So we have to reject the picture that the end times is painting. Let's really get into the good stuff now. We must accept the reality that Christ manifested. If I'm, go if I'm going to reject what the end times is painting, I've got to accept what Christ did. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a scripture that says, if we don't praise them, the rocks will cry out. All right. It's, there's going to be a point in here where I'm going to ask you to just shout hallelujah. I just want you to get ready. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing you. I'm going to ask you this at some point. Here we go. Accept the reality that Christ manifested. Number one, you got to move past demon status. <laughs> Well, you're going to love this one. You, you really are going to love this one. You know what I don't understand is people can be sweating from this stage to sing the power down. And some of us, we, the most we will do is stand. They can say, clap your hands and you might give them one. We pay y'all to do that. All right. You've got to move past, what's demon status? I know, I, I, I can feel the bug. What do you mean? That if I'm a believer and I'm sitting and someone said that I've just taken up, you should be offended by that statement. How dare a preacher stand up and tell you to move past demon status? What's demon status? 
Look at what the scripture says in James 2 and 19. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe. Do you know what? Some people's the zenith, the epitome, the, 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 the vastness of their belief in Christ is all based on just believing. I believe God. We believe because we believe God that that's far as it goes. But here's the thing. Do you know when you believe, you're on the same level with demons because guess what demons do? They believe. I got one better for you. The scripture says demons take it farther than just believe. They at least move. They tremble. I see Eric sometimes. He just wants you to tremble sometimes. You ever watch Lion King, Mufasa? Ooh. We said Jesus and we can't get you to do that. Jesus, oh, that's what demons do. How long are you going to be on demon status? Your whole life is based on what you believe. You know what? There's somebody in here now that, I got to tell you what happened. My wife had gallstones and they wouldn't pass. And, and they were, she was in so much pain. We went to the doctor. They had to surgically remove them. They said, uh, Miss Cap, we see something that could be cancerous. Oh, this testimony is going to get you. They said, we're going to send it to Duke, and you and your wife can drive down and get the results. So you know what? I get my lovely wife in the car, and we don't have any children with us. We drive down to Duke, right? to get the results of the biopsy. When we get there, they take us in a small room and a man come in and he's trying to design a designer colostrophy bag. We're like, what the world? Of course, my wife picked the Louis Vuitton print because that's just the kind of person she is. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, honey, let's design. She designed one to wear with pants and one to wear with skirts. So, so now we go and now we're in there with the doctor and the doctor said, hey, you know what? What's in your wife is cancerous, and we got to remove five things from my wife's body. So now we're in, the, we're in there, and guess what? I'm crying, but I'm holding back the tears because I'm a husband, and no woman wants a crying man, you know? And, 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 and I was working for Concord First Assembly, so my insurance, right at the moment we, was, we were at Duke, my insurance was switching from my civil job to my church job. They said, we need to pre-opt her for surgery right now. And, and I'm letting, we didn't even get a second opinion. My wife is walking back to the back. They said, where's your insurance? I pull out my insurance card. She swipes it. And they say, it's a problem with your insurance. They brought my wife back out. Oh, you know, everything changes with. <laughs> boop. Boop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you put your jacket back on, right? <laughs> they brought my wife back out. Watch this now. I'm devastated. We're silent driving back to Concord. I called the church office. They said, Pastor Cavard, you're fine now. You can turn back around. My wife said, I don't want to go back. Take me, when we get back to Concord, take me to the prayer room. So we went and prayed, right? And it was these little yettas. I, you, you know those little, those little mothers, they can't really scream loud. They, they had silver lines of distinction, you know, the little, the little back comb, the gray hair, you know. And, they, and, and we went to the prayer room, right? 
and they prayed. And my wife said, I felt a warming sensation. She said, I'm healed. Here's how the story goes. Two weeks passed. The doctor didn't even have the, the, the mitigated gall. Didn't even have the audacity to call us. She let her intern call us and say, you know what? What we thought was cancer was not. There's no need for the surgery. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Here's how you move past demon status. You get to the point, it ain't about what, about what I believe. I know God to be a healer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you, don't get me, you don't stop me at demon status with belief. No, I've moved past demons now. Somebody in here right now, you have to look at the things you've experienced and you got to go past belief. Because a lot of time our belief is based on our emotions. And a lot of time our emotions can actually sway our belief. Remember, you know, Christ don't have a problem with our unbelief. Remember the man said, Lord, help my unbelief. It's doubt that he really has a problem with, but unbelief. Look at this. Move past demon status. Hmm. To the point that you know all hell is going on in your life right now, but every morning you wake up knowing that this, 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 this is the day. What does that look like? Number two, be filled with the spirit. All right. I want to read this to you. This is Acts 1 and 4, and it says this very simple. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait on the promise of the Father. And you know what Acts 1 and 8 says, you will receive power after which the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The reason why some of you are wrestling with this whole end time thing is you made up your tongues because the church says pray in the spirit. And you heard somebody say, Bosha. And then you heard someone over here say, Kawaski, right? So you put your own word together. And now you're doing Boskawaski, right? And Boskawaski, right? But let me tell you this. Quit limiting God. If you haven't experienced the power of God speaking through your mouth, don't make up tongues. You do know though that praying in the spirit doesn't mean you have to be praying in another language. Oh, God, that I can pray in the spirit and actually use English. Imagine that. That I can say, God, in the name of Jesus, I need you to open the door and I can be all in the spirit and I'm using English. So don't get li listen, do not get pushed in a corner because everybody on your row is speaking in tongues. Let me tell you what's going to happen with people with fake tongues. The day will come when you're going to be tested on the level you spoke on. And if you're speaking on a level that you haven't been cleared, then it sort of puts you on the same level with the sons of Sceva. I cast you out in the name of that Jesus that Paul spoke about. All right. Tough crowd. <laughs> this is about to be really good right here. What's the difference between the Old and the New Testament? You know what? Every miracle that Jesus performed in the New Testament 
it was already performed in the old except for one miracle. Everything he did in the new, leopards claimed, raised the dead, blind eyes, all of it was done in the Old Testament. What's the one miracle that Christ did that he was known for? Somebody said walked on water. Wow. You do know that was already a miracle based on uh, things that shouldn't float on water, right? In the Old Testament. Remember the school of prophets? They had borrowed an axe, right? I, Elijah in the school of prophets. And they was using a borrowed axe and the axe head came off and the man of God prayed and the, and the axe head floated on water and they got it and went back to work, right? What, what's a miracle that, that only exists in the New Testament? I'm sorry, what was it? He forgave the sin. Sins was forgiven all through the Old Testament. You just had to kill. Something had to die. Let me tell you why it's so tough for you to say this one. Because it's non-existent almost in the church now. What did you say over here? Water to wine. Wow. Do you know Jesus wasn't even known by turning water to wine? Do you know he didn't even want to do that miracle? It was like, imagine you having a son that can really play football really well, and, and, and now you're at a party, and you want everybody to see just how, how buff your son is. Boy, get in the three-point stands and show them how you do it at, at Alabama. Jesus was like, it's not time for me to work miracles yet. And his mother kept pushing, so guess what? He turns water to wine, and drunk people that was already drunk said, hey, man, your wine was better than the wine we had before, as if that was really all that amazing. How, how, I mean, I don't want to downplay the miracle, because I've came to this conclusion, when I turn my faucet on and my water turns to wine, that's when I will drink alcohol. So I sort of look forward to it. I mean, if Ripple come out my faucet, it's good as drink. I want you to know. Alizé, whatever come out my faucet, it's a miracle of God. Let me tell you the one miracle that only exists in the New Testament, casting out demons. I'm going to prove it to you. Jesus was known for casting out demons. We're supposed to be known for casting out demons. How dare we get in the end times and what fears us the most is what the devil is doing. It's because you don't see demons being cast out. We pray for all manner of sickness and the person would actually be offended if you say, you know what, I, I know you have cataracts on your eyes, but I'm going to deal with this as if it's a demonic spirit. Do you mind if I pray? Oh, no, I don't, I don't have a problem with demons. No, 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 that's the wrong prayer for me. Casting out demons. Watch this. Let me give you a little something before something shows on the screen. So in the King James Version, it says demon possessed. Well, in the Greek, that word is demonized because we know believers cannot be demon possessed because it actually lends to being owned by the devil. And whether I doubt God in and out, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm his, I cannot be owned by the devil. But a believer can have a place in their life where they are afflicted by demons. See, the greatest feat was not Satan making us believe he don't exist. 
His greatest feat was having people that believe God and not know where he exists in your life. See, you thought you, you thought you got done with you thought you were done with fighting a long time until somebody you thought you was done with cussing for a long time. Then the wrong person on the wrong day at the wrong time cut you off on the highway. And you found out you can still say the four letter word. It's still mine. Look at this. Even though water to wine was his first miracle in the New Testament, the miracle he was known for was casting out demons. I want to give you this really quick. So in Mark 23, it says, now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out and said, let us alone. What have we to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth. Did you come to destroy? Isn't it amazing? A man full of the devil. Jesus walks up and he recognizes him. And it took the disciples a year and a half to know who Jesus was. Isn't it amazing? That a demon recognize who Jesus is and, and who do men say that I am? Well, some say you, Elijah, some say the men that walked with him every day. What's this? The man with the unclean spirit demonized. All right. In the text, the demon in the man knew who Jesus was immediately. I already said that. Uh, with Jesus at the hymn, this was a new doctrine of power. See, <laughs> Initially, Jesus was known as the man who cast out demons. Let me prove it a little further. Mark 1.32 says this. At the evening, the sun had set, and they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. We know that means those who were demonized, that they were afflicted. An era, there was an area of their life that was afflicted by demons. Why? You know what I've never seen on this altar? I, see, I, I listen for people and they come up and what, what you need prayer for? Oh, you know, I just just general. Why won't you just tell it? You know what? The devil. I, I can't stop speeding. I, it got to be saved. Pray that that spirit get off of me. You know what? I, I provoke my sons to wrath because you know what? I nitpick them because I don't like where their life is. Will you pray that I get that spirit off of me? Maybe I can help my son. And you, can you imagine there's a, there's a woman right now that if it was not against the Bible, every time you fall asleep and snore, husband, she would punch you in the center of your gut. There's married couples that it's taking all that they have to just live together. But we'll come and say, pray that I get a new job. No, pray that I got patience with my wife. Pray that I got patience with my husband. I pray this spirit, this devil, this demon off of me. No, he don't possess me. He don't own me, but I know he's working. Because why, why do I get so mad when she do those things? Boy, Mike, I'm not getting many amens. <laughs> I must be doing pretty good. <laughs> watch this. He cast out demons. So watch this. At the evening, sun had set, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, casting out demons. This event happened on the Sabbath. We know it was at night because Jews, Orthodox Jews, they don't travel until the sun go down. 
But here's the amazing thing. Watch this. The devil didn't have a problem with the church people of the church. He had a problem with Jesus. Do you know what? Demons actually come to church. It's like the devil said, go on and sing your song and, 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 and have a good time praising them. And when you get done, I got something else I'm going to put on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we forget what the scripture says. Do you know you have cheerleaders in heaven that are cheering you on? Do you know you have saints that are in heaven cheering you on saying, hold on, don't, don't throw in the towel. You can do it. Betty, you can do it. Roger, you can do it. Mike, you can, you can do it. The Bible says this, wherefore we are compassed about of so great a cloud of witnesses that we should lay aside every weight. We are compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses. That means somebody is witnessing what I'm going through. And you know what? They're cheering me on. So I can't fail them. I can't fail my marriage. I can't fail the saints. Let me prove a little bit more. The power of God when Jesus showed up forced the evil spirit out of the man with no problem. Jesus cast the demon out everywhere he preached. Let me, let me give you one more and then we're ready to fill in that last blank. You're going to love this one. Luke 4 and 41 says this. Whew. When the sun was setting and all those who had any that were sick with various disease, they brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them, healed them and, and demons also came out. When the last time you even prayed for a demon? We were heard about last days. Do you know what? The devil has, has really moved the, the, the amazing chess piece. He has believers not dealing with the devil. Go in that teenager's room and look under every mattress. I went in my son's room one time. He had a cell phone. He had bullets. It wasn't no gun. I was like, what in the world? I just made random room searches. Yeah, everything. Pictures coming off the wall, everything coming off the wall. And then my, my children, they got slick. They had their little iPods on. And I said, what you listening to? And it'll say Kirk Franklin and, and Jehovah Jireh. I said, Let me listen to what you said. It was rap music. They changed the name of the song. Some of you don't even check. So your children are bringing demon activity in your home. And guess what you're saying? They deserve their privacy. The devil is alive. The devil is alive. They made me feel bad because my children's first date that I approved was their prom. I didn't allow my, my children to date. Look at you. Some of you saying, boy, you mean. No, I, I, I know they, my children were no angels. They snuck but they didn't have permission from me because I know what dating mean. And I explained it to them that if you start dating a young man now, what, what does he get today? Oh, dad, hold his hand and I'll call him. I said, well, what does he get in two weeks? Oh, probably the same thing. I said, well, what about three months? Uh, well, I mean, dad, I said, well, what about six months? Because dating is supposed to grow. So why do you let your daughters do it? Why, why do you let your 15-year-old and your 16-year-old be in a relationship? Oh, it starts off, man, I didn't got off. Let me get back. Forgive me, forgive me, because I got too much to cover. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm number 14 of 15 children. None of us 
that I know of made it out of high school as virgins. I got five kids. Two of my children, right, slept with their spouse on their honeymoon. How about that for, for canceling out a curse? Said my children were going to be social misfits. Yeah, they ain't gonna know how to talk. No, 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 no. I was talking to a young man just the other day. He said, I got this girl out there. I said, yeah, don't sleep with her. But let me tell you where it started. I, married my, I met my wife and I couldn't get anything until we married. But guess what she had to do? She had to have a chaperone with us. She was almost 30. Some of you can't be trusted on dates and you're 50. worried about end times but guess what we're patting the mat on things that we have full control of my god look look at this okay remember when he first started sending them out remember when jesus first started sending them out so he sends out the 12 right i'm gonna move real fast because i probably got about maybe eight minutes <clears throat> he first started sending out the 12 he sends them out two by two and let me tell you what he told them let me read the scripture this, this won't show, but it says this. Then Jesus sent out the 12. This is Matthew 10, verses 5 and 8. Then he sent out, sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go to the way of the Gentiles. Let me skip. Verse 8, he says, when you go, preach to them and say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, then I want you to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Right? Watch this. He sends out the 70 in Luke, the 10th chapter. Now, when you read Luke, the 10th chapter, it doesn't say he told them, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. But you know, he sent the 70 out two by two. The reason I know they had the same instruction, I want you to see what they was happy about when they returned. Watch this. Look at what it says. Then the 70 returned. This is Luke 10 and 17. Then the 70 returned and they was happy saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in you. What? What? <laughs> what? Why don't we see us making demons subject? Well, why don't we see it? Because we're too busy being distracted by what the LGBT agenda is doing. And can, let me just put it to rest. I don't know what percentage you think they are in the United States. It looks like with all the movies and media that they're probably at 20 percent. They're not even at 8 percent. They're like between 7 and 5 percent of the United States. LG. But don't it look worse? It looks like we're fighting a losing battle. But. Demons are subject. Now, let me fill in the last blank. <laughs> Whew. I wish I could get three people that would just shout out, hallelujah. hallelujah. Uh, okay, all right. I can, I can deal with that one. Watch this, watch this. The reason why we can accept the reality that Christ manifested is because we recognize, number three, that Satan is subject to us. He's subject to us. 
He can't do nothing to me that God doesn't allow. And even what he allows, while he's doing what he's allowed, he's still subject to me. How does that work? He's attacking your son, but he's subject to you. But if he's subject to you and he's never subjected to you by you speaking to him, then he'll just keep wreaking havoc in your life. Then we'll come to church and because we didn't deal with Satan, right? We'll be scared when we actually hear all this end time stuff. End time stuff don't scare you. What should scare you is when you haven't dealt with Satan. That there are husbands that love their wives, but sometimes they just get carried up, carried away looking at the wrong thing on their phone. And guess what? The wives can feel it. But you don't even feel like you have the power to deal with that demon. So you try to make them tell on yourself. So why was you in the bathroom so long? Oh, no, no, I was just saying if we needed some wallpaper in there or something. <laughs> that I know for sure my marriage lasted because, number one, Sean Connery was not around. Denzel Washington was not after my wife the same time I was after her, right? And Boris Kojo, just, right? But I, I can even tell, right? Because we, we try to honor each other. Like, so if I'm talking to men, if you're in the mall and there's too many butt shorts, just leave the mall and come back when ain't nobody there. My sons be like, Dad, let's go, let's go. And I get there, I'll be like, oh, son, let's go. Let's just, let's just go. Let's just go. Now we're in the car and they said, Dad, why, why did we leave? I was like, son, you didn't see all of that display? Who are we going to stay for? I don't feel like fighting with that. And you women know when, when you're into love novels, right? And now you're watching TV and then, uh, you know, they have to take their shirt off and Baby oil is glistening, and, and you try to act like you're cleaning up. No, just walk out the room or just fast forward it or something. But listen, don't let the devil win when you know you're uncomfortable. Take a stand. I asked a, I had an elder friend in Minnesota, and I asked this sanctified holy roller. I said, you know what? It's my friend's birthday. I want to take him and his wife to the movie. I said, I need a good movie with no cussing. We'll smash you. She said, I got the perfect movie. You got to take him to see Training Day. I take it none of y'all have seen that movie. We buy the ticket, right? Roger, we buy the ticket, right? The elder and his wife, me and my wife. Uh, what movie y'all want to see? Yeah, uh, Training Day with Denzel. All right. We're in the movie. I love movies. I went to the popcorn stand three times during the movie, right? We sat through this movie. My friend, we're no longer friends. You're not hearing me. This man isolated himself from me. Now, I'm not in Minnesota anymore. And... He wouldn't take my calls. We were no longer hanging out. I don't know what he thought. 
But I watched that movie and I was like, oh, my God. And they actually gave him an Oscar for it. Right. Now I'm in the car with my wife. And I said, honey. Why didn't you get up and said, let's go. She said, well, you the man. That's your friend. See, here's what's happening right now. See, there's a little bit of Satan that's coming in the house, right? And, 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 and I want you to know this. That, yeah, there's some movies you can watch and that at the end you need to pray spirits out the room. But then there's some movies you just got to say, it ain't even worth it. But your spirit will lead you. I have no judgment for you. But I do know this. When you don't stand up for God and you don't subject the one who's subject to you, guess what? He takes more room. Oh, yeah. Now, one movie turns into you're watching a whole series that you shouldn't be watching, right? And, and, and now you're binge watching because you're off today and I'm just going to binge watch TV. All, and, you, and, and you're taking in things. And now, guess what? You haven't even noticed that. I, I, I got a question for you. When the last time you came to church and you felt the spirit so thick, you could almost like cut it like a knife. I mean, everybody, you was crying. I mean, you, if you were singing, you couldn't finish the song. Somebody else had to help you. When, when the last time you felt it so rich, right? And, 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 you, and you called people the day, man, we had a great time at church. Woo, right? When was the last time? And why aren't you asking God to do it again? Why don't you get here early sometime? Yeah, I know the band is doing their sound check. Find a room somewhere and say, you know what, Lord, I need a touch today. I, I, I need to feel you in a very real way. I, I, I need something because, God, it's been months since I felt you that way. And, and, and you don't have to wait till you get to church. When the last time you've been driving, have you ever been driving and you had to pull over to keep from wrecking your car? Oh, my friend, then you haven't experienced some things. I remember when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, this is it, and I'm, I'm done, I'm a minute over. I, got first, I first got filled with the Holy Spirit. I came home, I grabbed my wife and my kids because I didn't think the tongues was going to work at home. And we bowed down at home, and I just tried to pray a prayer in English, and the Lord spoke through me again. And my sons and my children still remember that to this day. That day, one thing we know, because I was riding with my son one day. And for those of you that don't know rap music, there was a group called the Ghetto Boys. And they have a little dwarf guy. His name is Bushwick Bill. And he cusses, right? And I was in my Maxima and my son was 10 and he's in the back seat and I'm just rapping. And I look in the rearview mirror and my son know all the words. I said, uh-oh. I stopped and I threw the cassette out the car and I threw all the music out the car. And I said, if you go down that path, it won't be because of me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That closing statement says this. Repeat this after me. Say, I will do everything in my power to keep Satan on the run. Father, we thank you tonight. Bless us. God, I went over two minutes. Forgive me. But Lord, I thank you for these people for just hearing me. Bless them. Let them walk like the enemy is subjected to them. 
and let them subject him to your word and to your authority. God, we pray this prayer. May the grace of God and sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, abide, atone, and protect us and see us safely back at the appointed time. And the whole room said together, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church. 